Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. And as the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for almost 12 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs on one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, you may have heard of Breakfast at Tiffany's, but what about Breakfast at Six Disciplines? Here's an interesting statistic. Did you know that 90% of well-formulated strategies fail to be successfully executed due to a lack of commitment to programs focused on sustainability? So in parts one and two of today's show, we're going to meet with Gary Harst, who is the founder of Six Disciplines. And then in part three, we're going to meet with a business coach to Six Disciplines, Eric Kurjan. And lastly, we are going to play a clip from our popular 
Great Quotes and Franchising podcast. And why don't we go right into our interview with the Six Disciplines Opportunity. Gary, I want to thank you again for coming on the show today. You know, Don and I were saying earlier how valuable your service is to successful businesses. I learned about your fantastic organization, I guess it was about a year ago, Gary, when I was uh, listening to a radio show and uh, heard a commercial from Six Disciplines that kind of helped me understand your organization. Kind of mentioned, it says, if you wanted to talk to someone about how to avoid a heart attack, the best time to talk about <clears throat> talk about them is when they're fit and not when they're lying there in the emergency room. You know, and that was that's what makes Six Disciplines unique uh, is is that they target healthy, successful organizations that want to sustain their success and also remain healthy. You know, an organization that's in trouble, they need a different kind of help. So that's pretty much what you do, I guess, like in a nutshell, and one of the main things, anyway. Yeah, very much so. It was interesting. In our research, uh, when we first were starting the business, we interviewed lots of businesses in a white room kind of uh, interview situation and then did quantitative research. And the, the thing that emerged was that uh, organizations that are the most hungry for excellence are the ones that are already successful. Right. And uh, it, it, it is a little bit counterintuitive, but I, I think the fitness example is a great one. You know, the, it is. Uh, it's not time to work on fitness when you're laying on the floor in the emergency room. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. It was very clever. Uh, Gary, what were you doing? I, I know you're calling from the northwest part of Ohio. What were you doing before starting Six Disciplines? I know you've been involved in small business, and you also have a background in software, so you've been doing a lot of different things over the years. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, Solomon Software was uh, my first company, started in 1980, and we were uh, fortunate to uh, get involved with uh, microcomputer-based uh, business systems <clears throat> before that was uh, really popular, and then we kind of rode the um, whole microcomputer uh, revolution, so to speak. And we, we implemented it at Solomon Software over 20 years about uh, 60 or 70,000 business systems, meaning uh, oh, financials, uh, inventory, order processing, those sorts of things, in um, uh, like I said, 60,000 businesses around the world, and Incredible. and it was it, we were always working with uh, small businesses. Most almost 90% uh, of our our clients were under uh, 200 employees, probably 95%. So uh, we we like to think of ourselves. We were a small business. Uh, we we sold solutions to small businesses through a network of about uh, seven or 800 uh, partners who were also small businesses. So, uh, we were a small business selling to small businesses through small business. And all that experience, Gary, helped you, I guess, in, in writing the book and also creating Six Disciplines, the company. Yeah, it was interesting. In uh, the year 2000, we um, the industry was consolidating. It was no longer a startup industry, and it was coming down to a few major players. And so we combined. We were about the number three market share player in the U.S., and we combined with the number one player, and the, which was Great Plains. And, and 30 days after we combined, Microsoft approached us about uh, buying the combined entity. And uh, so the, the whole industry consolidated, and, and uh, when, we, when I sold that business, um, I began to think about, well, what to do next, and, and I really wanted to do something that would leverage uh, working with all these other small businesses and, and my own uh, challenges in growing a business. Um, you know, I, I started Solomon Software when I was uh, 29 years old and had been a CEO, and, and uh, so in my next 20 years, I made almost every mistake in the book. I, right. I, I, can't, I must not have made all of them because I've made a few since I left. So um, <laughs> anyway, it, it's been a, been a huge growing experience. Right, right. Absolutely. Like Marty said, Gary, it seemed like that was a nice transition into Six Disciplines, having yeah. all that experience dealing with small businesses. 
Uh, you know, describe for us the history of six disciplines. Well, the six disciplines, the, the idea uh, actually came to me. I, I was trying to figure out what to do where that would leverage small businesses. I love small businesses. And I thought about the problems I had and, and uh, the problems our partners had who sold our products and the, partners, or the problems our clients had. And what really gelled with me, and I mentioned it in my book, Six Disciplines for Excellence, the, uh, I was speaking at an event in uh, Montana where there were about 150 CPAs there who owned their own business practices. And they were there to think about how to improve their practice. You know, it was, a, it was sort of an excellence conference. And I remember talking to people at lunch at that event about um, what was, were they getting good value out of it since I was a speaker and other people were. And, and two people in particular said the same thing. They said, wow, this material is great, and I won't be doing anything about it two years from now. And uh, I, I just went through me like a knife. I thought, you know, that's so true. How many bestseller books have I read? How many seminars have I gone to? How many consultants have I bought and spent 50 grand and have them come in and tell me something? And two years later, I'm not doing a bit of it. And right. um, that really was the right. seed of the idea of Six Disciplines. And we assembled a team of very experienced people uh, that I knew from my past and said, what can we do if, if it's true that most of us in business, small businesses in particular, know the things that we ought to be doing, but we just don't get them done? How could we form uh, a business to help businesses overcome that hurdle, and that is the nucleus of the idea for success. Over the short and long term is the key. Right, it sounds like. Yeah, that's that's right. We we really our mission is what we call lasting excellence, and la- ex- excellence is an industry. There's a lot of books. There's a lot you know Baldridge uh, programs. There's a lot of things out there. That doesn't make us different being in the excellence industry. What makes us different is we spend every dime of our of our capital and our investments and hired our people and build our processes all around removing the reasons it doesn't last. Why, why don't people do the things they know they should in business, planning and execution of plans? So um, we're, we're really doing something different, and I think that's probably been the most exciting part. We're learning so fast what what the issues are. Uh, that you have to overcome. And some of them are technical, some of them are human nature. Actually, human nature is probably the biggest one. Right, right. But it's really, you know, uh, excuse me, Marty, just a um, uh, a real full game plan, really covering the details. It sounds like what your program is all about, Gary. Right, and I agree with that. It is. It's a... The book itself, Six Disciplines for Excellence, outlines six fundamental disciplines that organizations need to practice. And, you know, the the most common comment we get when people read the book, and I I state it in the book, there's not a lot new in here, but it's all stuff you maybe read a book about here and there, but nobody really has put it together all in one formula. And uh, I think it was Stephen Covey said, common sense is not common practice. And uh, that's that's the truth. So this this book of six disciplines starts with very basic things like uh, where do you want to be ten years from now, and uh, the second discipline starts translating that into well what are you going to do about it this year some measurable plans and so the the, the rest of the disciplines are are really foundational things nobody ever disagrees that they ought to be done they just say I know I should be doing this but I'm not and so 
our innovation has been around what's the formula for taking the ideas in this book, the principles in this book, and making them stick in the organization. That's really where we've been innovating. That's interesting. It sounds like you're teaching them better habits too, Gary. You know, you mentioned Stephen uh, Covey. You know, I think of the eighth uh, habit. You know, or uh, helping them improve their uh, productivity. And uh, I think I should mention that you know, becoming more organized as well. You know, which which creates that long-term uh, change. Yeah, I, 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 that's absolutely right. It's it is. It, you know, Stephen Covey. I was a facilitator for that material and taught. 400 and some people in my organization that in the at Solomon Software, and what um, I I loved about that model was uh, everybody loved the material, right. uh, but it was very focused on individuals. Yes, yes. And you could kind of think of six disciplines as very similar to that six six fundamental habits you want to establish, but in an organization as opposed right. to at the individual level. And um, so they're they're very analogous in in their approach. One's aimed at individuals and one's aimed at uh, business. Uh, I love the fact, Gary, that you use the word discipline in your company name. It's you know such a key word, so important in business. I know there's different levels of discipline, but I think that uh, your company name and having the word discipline is just uh, it's just really excellent. So so I know you just told, you just told us a lot of you know, some of the you know, basics of six disciplines, but how would you describe the six disciplines franchise system? Well, the what we are what we are is a program. We are a business excellence program, and we chose the word program very carefully because it's it's broader than software, it's broader than training, it's broader than consulting, and a key part of our program. Really, our program has four key elements. One is a systematic way to work on the business itself. That's the methodology. You need some organized way to approach this. The second is what we call accountability coaching. Uh, The the coaching industry is exploding for a reason in the business world, and it has to do with uh, human nature is such that we need external accountability. We need somebody outside the organization to help us um, do what we know we should. And you see this in um, uh, the fitness world where people have personal coaches. Uh, I'm amazed at uh, uh, the Weight Watchers uh, business model because I my wife and I at times over the years have joined Weight Watchers and and it's an amazing program it works but you know really there's nothing new there they go in and weigh you for right. Pete's sakes I've got a scales at home <laughs> right I find I find if I don't go then I go off the program right and so there's that principle in the accountability coaching that you need a local presence you need somebody that's going to knock on your door and say how are you doing are you sticking to what you said you were doing and and that's why our franchises that's the role they play they are the face of this program they're the ones we like to have our franchisees uh, within uh, oh 45 minutes to an hour of all of our clients so that they can be on site quickly and uh, the third element of the program is has to do with um some technology to help uh, organizations integrate their plans with their day-to-day activity management. Uh, for example, we, we like we, every person in the organization is um, in, in the program is encouraged to have a, a quarterly plan. Every team member, and this quarterly plan is a one or two-page document that says these are the key things that I need to get done this quarter, and those things need to line up with the corporate goals that are also in the plan in the in the system. And uh, that that activity management is where you really get the traction. It's kind of like showing up to the 
stepping on the scales of Weight Watchers. That, that's what really makes it stick, is getting every person in the program. And then the fourth element is uh, what we call the community. Um, you know, small businesses can't afford to hire experts in uh, quality programs. And like, you know, I, I was speaking one event one time where a lady had uh, a, a hospital had won the Baldridge Award, and the person's title who was speaking was vice president of. Uh, of business excellence or something like that and you know small businesses don't have that so this fourth key element is the um, is the community it's the franchisees and the coaches in the franchisees who share what they've learned from one client to another not confidential information but principles and that economic model allows us to deliver a solution to the client at a fraction of the cost because we're sharing the learning among the whole community. So it's kind of a long answer, but the four key elements of the program are the methodology itself, which is in my book, the the franchises, which are the ones who are the experts in delivering this program locally, technology, and then the sharing among the community. Sorry for the long answer. (laughs) No, that was a great answer, Gary. And it's something something that you, I I think you wrote, Gary, planning systems is easy to say, and uh, hard to do. You know, most people know what to do. They just don't do it, you know. So, with, you know, what Six Disciplines does is you guys help align systems. Yeah, you know, one other, that's absolutely right. <laughs> one, one other interesting thing about the franchise you were mentioning, uh, we are, we value most the franchisors that, or franchisees that are uh, at the exit point in their career from their businesses. Right. You know, where most businesses are kind of looking to have their, uh, 50-something retire, we love those kind of people because they have been through enough business experience that they know uh, the value of doing things right. And so that's culturally we are attracting second career kinds of people who really want to transmit what they've learned back to younger executives. And so it's, it's really an interesting dynamic. We, we love those that some organizations don't have a place for. You know, I can see how, how your company's growing, Gary, because so many people in today's world, unfortunately, with uh, you know, people getting laid off and sometimes people having to start uh, uh, a new career, you know, people in their 40s and 50s. Uh, we've had a lot of different experience, so, uh, yeah, you're dealing with that person in that, 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 that age bracket, I guess, would really appreciate your services, knowing what it takes to, uh, to be successful in a business and uh, be goal-oriented. And, you know, basically what you're doing is just, uh, it, it, it's just constantly staying on top of people, making sure they have their goals. There's really no time for rest or to fall into some type of comfort zone. So uh, I think your services are, you know, are just great in that area. Yeah, that, the thing I would add to what you said about um – sort of the accountability factor there's another one which is the how energizing it is you know my experience over 30 years of business is that people all people uh, crave to do something meaningful I mean we all want to be paid well and, and have the benefits side taken care of but what really turns us on is doing something that we're interested in and we have value in and and having that kind of interest is um hard to do in an organization that's growing uh, the, because people feel farther and farther away from uh, they lose connections with what the purpose is and interestingly this whole model helps connect people to the purpose and you find great energy um, emerging that, I, I think that's one of the most surprising things that has occurred to me is the cultural impact uh, this is not viewed as some kind of draconian uh, accountability system. It's, a, it's viewed as untapping the temp potential in the individuals. And we have a client recently who runs, uh, he's probably uh, my age in his middle 50s, and 
he, he has a very successful business, but he just wasn't that engaged. He was going into work late and um, leaving early. And um, we part of our process is to do a 360 review of every team member and to also do uh, customer surveys. And this this leader, and he, he got blasted in this whole survey process, and it really rocked his world. And um, I talked to him the other day, and he said, I have never been more engaged in my business in my life. I'm going into work earlier than I have, staying longer, and I'm having more fun. And uh, so I just want to make, communicate that there's this is all about unleashing potential in people's lives. It's not about uh, um, sort of a whipping them into shape kind of thing. It's very much an in, inside-out kind of motivation. Absolutely. Giving people back their passion, which is what they had when they started the business, but sometimes lose that along the line. So you're helping exactly. people refine it. Very interesting. Absolutely, yes. And our coaches love that. They they they're just as fulfilled. They love doing this. It's fulfilling to them, and they have enough wisdom to um, impart to help unlock that for others. So it's, it's uh, we're really building a community that uh, sees the vision for this. Right. Great. Gary, are you able to uh, stick around for another segment? Sure. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews on Blog Talk Radio. And we're continuing our interview with Gary Harst, who is the founder and CEO of Six Disciplines Franchise Opportunity, as well as the book, Six Disciplines for Excellence. And in part two, Gary dives a little deeper into the Six Disciplines franchise, as well as training. So enjoy, and we'll see you again soon for another great show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, Asking the Entrepreneur of One. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then this is a show to listen to. And today we have a very special guest, Gary Harst, who's the author, founder, and CEO of the Franchise Opportunity Six Disciplines Corporation. And Don, I think I'm up. Um, Gary, I wanted to get uh, back to uh, talking a little bit about the industry. How, how big is your industry? Yes, we, we are um, targeting organizations that are uh, between two and 20 and 200 uh, computer users. We, we use that distinction because the effectiveness of the methodology is tied to a kind of the, the front office kind of worker. Right. And so we can have a manufacturer that's larger than 200, but the question is how many are in the sort of front office operations. I see. Uh, there are about a million businesses, a million two in the U.S. Uh, that are – uh, between 10 and uh, 200 employees, uh, we we target a little higher than that, maybe 20 employees, 20 in, uh, and up. So it's over over main businesses. So big enough. We divide up the market. Right. We divide up the market um, into about 70 regions in the country. We we really want our centers to have a, a uh, all the the market opportunity within about an hour's drive of their center. So we're, we're not planning on. Uh, having a lot of centers, probably less than 100 total. Okay, good. That's nice how you do that, Gary, how you give the franchisee plenty of room to expand. Whereas, I mean, a lot of franchisors, unfortunately, they uh, maybe overexpand, don't give uh, you know franchisees enough, uh, I guess, area to expand, and uh, sometimes it makes it a little difficult. Sometimes they decide not to go with that franchise because of not having enough uh, growth potential or uh, territory. Uh, so that's nice you do that. Uh, what types of characteristics, Gary, make a successful six disciplines franchisee? Well, you, you just sort of uh, touched on something that was key. This, you know, most franchise uh, franchises were developed where somebody got a business working, a business model. I heard you talking about McDonald's earlier, a working model, and then somebody else comes along and says, "Hey, we could sell more of these." And in that model, there's a proven 
business, and the question is, is how to train others to execute that proven business. We're in a little different situation where we started with an idea that said, there's a problem here that needs to be solved that's never been solved before. What is it going to take to solve this problem? And then we designed around it, and we felt like the franchise model was very critical element in uh, delivering this solution because it's a brand new idea. Nobody has seen what we do before. And so we decided to uh, attract franchisees who realized this is a new idea. We gave them a protected territory so that they were going to have to invest more than most in not buying the franchise, but in building the brand name and uh, building their client base and educating their local market on what this is all about. And we felt like the only way we could justify to them <clears throat> making that kind of investment was to give them a large enough territory that uh, they would see a good return on that over time. So th- what that leads to is you need somebody that's a little more um, long-term thinking. This is not like a subway that uh, everybody knows works and, and there's one halfway down the block. This is more, hey, I'm going into Columbus, Ohio, and develop that market, and I will own it in uh, five years, seven years down the road. This will be everything I put into this market will be mine. See the difference? So it's a little bit more of an entrepreneurial kind of person, a little more uh, willing to make those kind of investments. They also need to have great connections in the marketplace. See, we don't have a brand name that's known nationally. And so we find that um, our center operators really need to provide almost a substitute for the brand in that market for the first year. What I mean by that is that they bring contacts with other CEOs, things like that, to the table, and they can get in to see them and explain this idea. Clients love it once they understand it, but they've never heard of it. And, you know, getting to a CEO, that's who we're selling to, is hard. So uh, we really look for franchisees that have great contacts in the marketplace, are probably have been a CEO themselves or a very senior executive, have a Rolodex of people to start with while they're building the brand. And your services are obviously unique uh, because of how much that you do. Uh, you, but you do um, uh, accept some input from franchisees. Uh, you know, then your franchisees come up with something that you think can, you know is interesting. You might add to the program. Is, you know, that happen, Gary? Yes, it is. Well, that's a pillar. Our fourth, the fourth element of the program I mentioned earlier, has to do with the community learning, and uh, we're. We are doing something that's not been done before, so the learning curve is very high. So absolutely, we have what we call a, uh, um, a system, an Internet-based system, where every piece of feedback we get from clients is uh, processed at corporate, and, and we meet regularly with our centers to say, how could we do this better? So um, in a way, our, our franchisees are partners because they recognize this is kind of an early stage and we're all developing it together. Right. So it's it's not like the 40,000th and first McDonald's. And that attracts a certain kind of uh, center owner. They they Some really like that. They like getting in before it's all baked. Right, right. Yeah, uh, they see a nice opportunity. Uh, talk about training a little bit, Gary. Tell us about for a, a new franchisee, please. Yeah, we, because of... Uh, we're offering a program, we have to train a lot. And, you know, other franchises that might be on, on you know, how to, to lay out the uh, traffic flow for uh, the lines, retail lines, things like that. For us, right. the methodology, how do you go into a client and teach them these best practices for planning, goal setting, measurement, um, all those things, 
So we have a very rigorous um, uh, training program that is a combination of uh, today's technology. We, we do lots of things where you can download um, uh, audio training on your iPod, for example. Uh, right. You can. We have a, about two weeks training we do here at corporate where we uh, bring you in after you've done the prerequisite training with the uh, uh, Internet-based training and those sorts of things. And then we go do field certification after you've done training. We go with you with your first client to make sure that that's all going well, and we'll go to the second if we need to. So we, we sort of have uh, electronic-type things, Internet-based stuff as preparation. Then we have corporate training at headquarters, and then we have we send our um, field people out to do it with you after the fact. So it's it's really important to uh, us, that, and that's what appeals about the franchise, is that everybody in our system follows the, the best practices we're developing, and uh, the, so the Six Disciplines brand stands for the same thing in L.A. that it does in Chicago. Right, right. What's a typical day like, Gary, as for a Six Disciplines franchisee? Well, there, there are two kinds of um, positions in a <clears throat> franchise location. One is what we call a business coach who is the senior person that uh, calls on prospective uh, CEOs and through that person's business background establishes a relationship enough to be able to explain what we do and, and um, build their trust that we can help them. And so that type of person, the business coach, will spend half their day or half their time meeting with new prospects and um, uh, building that pipeline. And the other half of their time is coaching our existing clients where we uh, do their annual, we have a, an annual retreat where we walk them through um, all the six disciplines and help them prepare their annual plans. And then we have quarterly follow-up meetings uh, with every one of our clients. So the business coach spends about half their time developing new clients and the other half of their time with clients. And a business coach can handle in total about 15 to 20 clients, and then they're maxed out. And um, so the other kind of coach we have, we call an engagement coach, they spend full time not with the management, senior management team, but with the rest of the organization down at the department level, the project leader level, the individual worker level, coaching them on how to stay with the methodology and, and use it. So we re really assign two people per client, and that team together can handle about 30 clients. So uh, one, one, the first position is, how, is kind of more sales-oriented and working with senior executives. The other person is a trainer and a coach for everyone else in the organization. Right. Does that make sense? It does. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. Gary, we have about 30 seconds. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you if they want more information on uh, becoming a Six Disciplines franchisee or just your service in general? Should they go to the website? I'd say... Yeah, the website for sure, www.sixdisciplines.com, and six is spelled out, S-I-X. Uh, the other thing I'd say is uh, to read the book, it, it probably does more than anything else to give people a sense of what we really do and what we're all about. And that's available on Amazon or really any book, major bookstore. And that's Six Disciplines for Excellence. Yeah. I want to thank you again, Gary. I think there's more to talk about, so I, you know, I'd hope to have you back in on a future show. Uh, it was a pleasure. Oh, I'd love to do that. Very interesting, so Gary. Gary. Yeah, very interesting, and we'll talk to you soon. Good luck, Gary. So Thanks, Thank Gary. Have a good day. Great Bye. show, huh, Don? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're very, very knowledgeable, and, you know, like you said, I mean, they really go beyond business coaching, you know. They really take it to the next level, so. Uh, I found myself writing down a lot of notes as he was speaking. Uh, me too. <laughs>
<laughs> we had a lot to learn too, you know. And also so. CEO, he's had a lot of experience. He's he's helped a lot of companies, has you know a lot more companies to help. So uh, right, he's on the right track, doing great things. That's interesting. But today we have a great show, Don. We're meeting with um, Eric Kurjan, who, uh, as you mentioned earlier, is a franchise owner to Six Disciplines. Uh, Eric, who again is a franchise owner to Six Disciplines, Ohio Group, is getting small business leaders to bring him into their team and to work and align their mission and their vision. And again, as we were saying earlier, Six Disciplines Franchise Opportunity, which Kurjan is a franchise partner, is a strategy execution program for small businesses. Hey, Eric, good morning. Welcome to the show. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Thanks, Eric. Eric, joining us is uh, my co-host, Don Johnson, and I know, Don, you wanted to say hi to Eric. Thanks a lot, Eric, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to hearing about everything you've been doing with the franchise. Uh, I guess you're keeping pretty busy, huh? Uh, things are uh, very busy right now. It's great. That's good. That's good. Eric, I want to thank you again for coming on the show today. We had um, Gary Hart uh, on our show last year, and uh, he's uh, an incredible gentleman. I read his book, Six Disciplines for Excellence, and I just thought he was fantastic. So it was great to get to speak to him. So, you know, Don and I are both excited to get to speak with you today as well. He must be fantastic to work with, I guess, huh? Yeah, I have a, a long history with Gary, uh, actually now approaching uh, 18 years. Oh, that's something. So, it's uh, it's been a long, uh, very fruitful relationship, and uh, really a wonderful guy to work with. That's fantastic. We would like to start off, Eric, uh, asking our guest uh, where you're calling from today. I'm in Findlay, Ohio, about 40 miles south of Toledo. Oh, okay, great. How's the weather there? I know you guys have, uh, uh, had got hit this winter. <laughs> uh, we've we've had our share. Uh, actually, today it's uh, sunny and uh, flooding again. Oh, there you go. Well, that's <laughs> not good. You know, it's funny. Actually, last time we had. Gary on the show, Don, uh, it was flooding there as well, you know, so uh, yeah. Ohio yeah. got hit. <laughs> I, I read in our paper this morning, this is the uh, uh, 11th flood in 15 months. That's incredible. Oh, geez. So I don't know about global warming or any of the other uh, <laughs> exactly. global issues from that perspective. Right, right. Well, hopefully right, but something's right. going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's something. Um, uh, Eric, what were you doing before uh, joining um, Six Disciplines? It sounds like you have a long history with uh, Gary, as you were saying. Well, I'll, I'll take you back a, a couple uh, years here. I, I actually joined up with Gary in uh, 1990. I was uh, recruited to become a vice president of sales and marketing when Gary owned the Solomon Software Organization, right. which was a mid-market uh, accounting software provider. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ran the sales and marketing organization for about six years, and uh, I joke that uh, I made so many complaints about the level of service that our support organization was providing that they told me, okay, smarty, go fix it. <laughs> so... Uh, I went from uh, running sales and marketing to re-engineering uh, the services and support organization, which was a, about a 60-person operation at that time, and uh, we were really doing poorly and uh, needed to, to change that. So I spent uh, about two years rebuilding that organization and moved on to, to build some other pieces of the business. And then in um, 2000, uh, the company, Gary sold the company to uh, one of our competitors, a company called Great Plains Software out of Fargo, North Dakota, publicly traded company. And uh, I ran, at that point, Gary left, and I ran the uh, Solomon organization for Great Plains. And then a year later, Microsoft bought Great Plains, so I became a Microsoft employee. Yeah, I remember that and, story, yeah. Uh, I, I ran a, uh, a portion of the Microsoft business on that accounting side of the house, accounting software side of the house. I uh, had about 500 people in my organization. It's a North American services organization providing technical support, consulting, and training. And uh, did that for about three years. And 
Uh, we had built a, a, a wonderful facility here in, in Finley, about 200 employees located here, and Microsoft decided at one point in time that uh, those people either needed to move to Fargo, North Dakota, or move to uh, Seattle, Washington. And we went to Gary, who had left and then started the Six Disciplines business, and said, hey, Gary, you ready to hire a couple hundred people? And he said, uh, not quite yet, not ready for that. <laughs> and he, he had an idea, and he said, what if we were able to keep all that intellectual capital in northwest Ohio, do the same work that those people are doing today, which was either developing and or supporting the Solomon product line for Microsoft, what if we kept it in northwest Ohio but spun it off? Right. So he made that proposal to Microsoft, and Microsoft liked the idea. And uh, in this Late spring of '04, we spun off a brand-new company, or Gary did, called Plumline Solutions, which is still in existence today. And Gary said, I'm not going to do it, though, unless, Eric, you leave Microsoft to run it. So I left uh, I left Microsoft to run this brand-new startup company and uh, did that for about two years. And in the late spring of '06, uh, the first franchise location that Gary had started here in, in Finley the prototype center was being run by a former colleague of mine, a guy named John Crawford, and unfortunately John uh, had been battling cancer for about 13 years and, and ultimately lost that battle. And so as John uh, uh, unfortunately was unable to fulfill his role, I went to Gary and said, so what are you going to do with the Northwest Ohio Center? What are you gonna, how are you going to make that happen? He said, I have no idea. It's a critical center. It's got to be successful. We've got to be in a position to show other franchisees that this, this thing works. And so I said, well, hey, what if I buy it? And he looked at me kind of funny and said, well, why would you leave Plumline? And I said, well, you know, you've done so many things for me and my family and the opportunities that you presented, I, I feel like I owe you. He said, well, you don't owe me anything. I said, well, what if I want to help you? He goes, okay, I'll take your help. <laughs> so uh, in June of 06, enough, huh? <laughs> in June of 06, I took over uh, this franchise location and then, in June of last year, I, I uh, bought the rights to the remaining franchises in Ohio. So I now have uh, five franchise location rights. Uh, one, only one is up and running. That's the Northwest Ohio one right. today. So it wasn't just uh, you know to help your friend Gary. I mean, this is really <laughs> something you feel that you have a lot of interest in. I mean, I know your, your your background is tremendous with all your management and sales and uh, and so forth. This was really something you really thought that you were going to. You know, uh, 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 I guess really like as well, Eric, or you know, probably wouldn't have come on, right? Right. Uh, actually, there's a, there's a couple components to it that uh, that intrigue me. One is, uh, some years ago, I learned that I'm a builder, and uh, that's what I really like to do. And I think I finally learned that when uh, Gary asked me to take over the services organization that was uh, floundering, and uh, I had to rebuild it. And uh, I think ultimately it's the thrill of uh, taking on an incredibly challenging opportunity and turning it into something successful. And I've been able to do that m multiple times in my career. So what I saw was here's something that uh, the lump of clay is there, and it has some shape. However, there's an opportunity to really mold and, and change uh, the direction of, a, of an organization. And that's what I see with uh, being in early in, the, in a franchise operation like, like we are. And so that's very intriguing. And, of course, there's significant upside here. Uh, there's a great upside for uh, an individual, an owner, who, who's looking to parlay the, the ownership into, into something bigger. So that's uh, certainly the, the attraction for me. So I guess that's the entrepreneurship in you. Evidently, I never, I never would have uh, characterized myself as an entrepreneur since I, all my career has been uh, working for somebody else and uh, someone else being responsible for the paying me, writing me the check, and now I'm the guy, guy writing the checks. Right. Right. Uh, tell us a little more about the history of 
six disciplines. I mean, we know Gary started it, um, mm-hmm. but there must be more to the story, of course. Yeah, you know, Gary has uh, he's a, he's a guy who would never be satisfied with uh, taking his, uh, his spoils from his victory and, and going off and and uh, you know sitting on a beach somewhere. That's just not Gary. And what he observed in business through his years at Solomon and the work he had seen with uh, the client companies who utilized the Solomon product and and the small businesses who actually resold the, the Solomon product, the, the dealers, if you will, he saw something that was uh, missing in all of them, and that was a process to actually execute what they wanted to get done. And his observation really was, gee, these big businesses are out there. They've got teams of people who focus on strategy and then focus on how do they go execute that strategy and how do they measure the results from that strategy. And so if you think about the Norton Kaplan uh, balance scorecard ideas and those kinds of elements, all those things have been more pointed at larger organizations. And what Gary observed was these smaller organizations, small mid-sized businesses, they just don't have that. They, one, don't have those kinds of resources from a personnel standpoint. And in many cases, don't have the training or the background to think in those fa- in that fashion. You know, take the take the third generation, 200 employee manufacturing company where each one of those generational leaders has worked nowhere except in that business. And if that's the case, then maybe they don't have a, a heck of a lot of experience from a strategy perspective or how to go do that. So what Gary saw was an opportunity to produce a process to go make that happen. So what Gary identified was there's really three key elements to this. There's a fourth as well, but I'll I'll stick with the the top three. And they are, one, create a process, a recipe, if you will, that you can follow time in and time out. So if you wanted to bake a cake and you wanted to bake that cake in the same way every single time, it would be best if you followed a recipe. And you you can vary from that recipe, but the results may vary. The second element is, so that's the methodology or process or program. The second element is the coaching. If you have someone who's there as an advisor, who's coaching you as the business leader, ensuring that you're actually following up on the things that you said you would do, um, the likelihood of you actually executing against those is is higher. And I'll give you another analogy, and that is uh, one of working with a personal trainer. Now, for me personally, I had a couple of low back surgeries uh, four years ago, and I'm an avid golfer, and I said, there's no way I'm going to let this surgery sideline my golf game. So I went to a personal trainer, and he started to work with me and was very careful about how we rebuilt my core and abs and low back, all those elements that would support my back. And guess what? Four years later, I still work out with that guy three days a week. Well, why do I do that? I mean, I'm in great shape. My back doesn't bother me at all. But there's something about having that guy helping me, coaching me, coercing me uh, to do what needs to be done. And I can tell you there are many cold mornings in Ohio at 5.30, then I'm thinking, boy, I don't really feel like getting out of bed. <laughs> but I know that Mike's waiting for me at the gym, and if I don't show up, I'm letting him down, and plus I'm wasting money. So having that coach, that encouragement, that person who's there to uh, help me get reach my goals is, is a vital element. So that's two. And three is uh, the Six Disciplines process has developed some software tools that are used to help manage this process. So... It's a repository for the direction that we're trying to take the company. It's a tool set that's used by the individuals within the organization to help them manage their day-to-day operations and activities. It helps them uh, set the schedule as to what they're going to work on. 
it keeps them focused on what's most important. And what we see in many small organizations or mid-sized organizations is people just can't stay focused. Mm-hmm. They're you know, jumping from one item to the next item to the next item, and they never get any of them done or done well. So having a tool that helps me stay on track is a, a vital element. The, the fourth element that I, I skipped over, number four, is having a learning community. So now within Northwest Ohio with uh, over 20 clients, we now have this learning community, and I bring my clients together on a quarterly basis so that they can learn from each other and then they can build skills from each other, and there's just value in building that learning community. So for a new franchisee who wouldn't have the number of clients I do, uh, that, that will take a little bit more time. So the first three are the critical ones for a new franchisee. And on the fourth one, too, Eric, I mean, that's something that a lot of small businesses lack, I guess, you know, is that, that sense of community. You know, I think a lot of times they feel very isolated, and that's a great time to, you know, share their ideas, you know, and brainstorm with each other, so you say, you know, and uh, share best practices, I guess, is what you call it as well. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. exactly. In fact, uh, the last session that we held, uh, it goes really back as a result of two sessions ago, I asked some, some questions of the attendees and said, Hey, folks, what is it that you'd like to see from us in this next session? And they identified four or five different items, and we took the top one, which was we'd really like to build more leadership skills in our organization. So within six disciplines, we talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about the processes that need to be built for leadership. But in our normal course of business and coaching, we're not really teaching that element. There are professionals who do that. So uh, based on a long relationship that I've had with a firm that's uh, based in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, who I used for my Solomon, my Great Plains, my Microsoft days, and my Plumline days, I brought them in to do some leadership training with this group of folks. And now it's, wow, we want more of this. Because, again, it's just an element where they haven't had uh, exposure to some of these pieces on how do I communicate better within my organization? How do I... uh, um, how do I build skills in my organization and recognize that each one of my team members on my leadership team uh, operate with a different thought process, the, the analytical versus the driver, if you will, those, those particular kinds of uh, quadrant sort of views of, of uh, personality. So we hope some folks uh, get a better understanding of what they're composed of. Right, absolutely. And you guys go beyond business coaching too, uh, Eric, would you say? Uh, you know, I, I got that impression when we had Gary on the phone. I, I think you thought the same thing, Don, was, you know, it was kind of like a – broader than training or consulting. It right. was, uh, I think Gary used the word uh, business excellence program, you know, so it was just, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, what's interesting is if you look at uh, what's out in the marketplace today, um, there's really no one who does exactly what we do, which is uh, help an organization define where it wants to go, then help the organization define the steps to get there, then help the organization actually measure how they're getting there, and help them get there. So it, it's different. And uh, when I talk to prospective clients, as an example, they say, well, wait a minute, you mean you don't just show up, give us the notebook, and then go away? Right. No, we don't go away. <laughs> oh, exactly. Either they view that as good or bad, I'm not sure which. But uh, in, in my client companies, uh, they, they definitely view it as good because what they're missing is this uh, ongoing connection with someone to help them stay focused, facilitate. So uh, as an example, on a quarterly basis, uh, we bring our clients back together, their leadership team back together. We take a look at what did we commit to this year overall? What did we commit to do this current quarter? So as an example, right now we're in the the end of the stream here for Q1. And so we've taken our clients through a quarterly process, 
So we finished our annual planning, if they were on a, a calendar fiscal, finished our annual planning back in December, built the plan out, started to execute in Q1 against what we said was important for this quarter. So now we're, we're back in the office here in March looking at, okay, this is what we said we wanted to do this year, great. This is what we said we were going to get done this quarter, great. What are we going to do next quarter to continue down this path? So we lay out the next quarter's plan. So as of the 31st of March, every one of my clients will have an improved plan for each of their leadership team members so that they can go get the work done that's critical to driving the business. So that's very different than anything else that's out there in terms of that staying with the client. And again, at a price point that doesn't scare the world away, uh, one of the things that we, we tell clients is, where else can you get this level of assistance, this level of senior leadership in your team at, at a price point that's really at the price point of a office manager. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well worth it. <laughs> Eric, what percentage of your typical business owner, uh, they, they hire six disciplines to come in, is it usually for just a set period of time, a year, or or, or in, in some cases, you know, you know, for life? Uh, they, 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 you know, keep using your service every year. Is, is there a certain time period? Well, uh, what I've found so far is that uh, the vast majority, I'd say, well over, um, uh, well over ninety percent, uh, are staying with us. They're not, they're not falling out. Where there's right. not an attrition. Now, uh, I would tell you that there is attrition. I've had, uh, I've had two clients in this past year who've uh, resigned from uh, the relationship. Uh, one was a very small business that got brought on early on uh, prior to me purchasing the, the franchise, uh, got brought on, and they were just plain too small. Um, I, and what I mean by too small is there were only 16 people in the operation. That's really not the right size of organization for us. Right. So they, they dropped out. Then I had another client who was actually, I would on paper say, they were a great fit, a couple hundred employees, uh, let's see, second generation, third generation business, and uh, what I thought was uh, on paper a good fit. Uh, when you get down to it, it still takes a leader who's willing to commit his energy, his or her energy, to make this successful. And here was a leader who wasn't willing to do that. And I uh, got to the end of a year, and I said to that particular individual, uh, I think you're wasting your money. So, right. And so we parted ways. But certainly not uh, offensive in any way, just right. hard ways. It seems like, Eric, that as opposed to 10 years ago, if a company needs help or wants to improve, maximize their profits and, and service and everything, that it's becoming a little more normal to have a service like yours. Well, like 10 years ago, you know, people didn't think first off, hey, I'll mm-hmm. you know, look to, to, to use a company like yours. I guess it's becoming more, more mainstream now, or are we still in the early stages of companies you know, considering your, your type of franchise uh, service? Well, I, I actually think it's, uh, it's uh, variable, and here's a, there's a middle of the road answer for you. Yeah. So here's, here's what I've seen. I've seen where there are client companies and client prospect companies that have used outside resources before, and they are much more willing to consider the, our services. It's easier for them. They said, oh, yeah, we've used outside consultants to assist us with uh, uh, Lean Process or Six Sigma or something. Uh, we brought somebody in to help us um, uh, get our ISO certification, whatever it might be, depending on their industry. So we've got folks like that. And then we've got other folks who have really held the cards close to the best, and uh, this is really odd for them. And there's a certain level of discomfort for them to to consider uh, sharing those innermost secrets with, with an outside organization. 
But what we're finding is that as we continue to build, uh, our, there's this connection out in the marketplace. And so one business owner talks to another business owner who talks to another business owner, and suddenly there's this uh, lovely reference base that starts to get built. Right. People going, hey, you really ought to talk to these guys because they've really made a difference in our business. So, again, it, it, I think there's uh, uh, perhaps we are early on in the uh, the willingness for people to consider outside services, but uh, yeah, I would say like that the I don't network, actually, the, the, the referral network is really working great for you guys. Sure. Oh, it, it's amazing. We have uh, several clients, uh, two in particular I could think of right off the top of my head, who <laughs> have been so impressed with what we've done for them they actually did their own letter writing campaign to colleagues of theirs in their markets or industries yeah. and said, hey, you know, I've worked with these guys. They're really good. You need to talk to them. <laughs> so, right. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better yeah. marketing program, and I didn't even I didn't have to do anything. They just said, hey, we want, we want to do this. We're so excited. We want to share this. I said, okay. That's great. So, Eric, so people listening now uh, you know, have a good, uh, of course, idea what Six Disciplines does, but you know, tell us about the, uh, the Six Disciplines franchise system. I'd say just... I mean, you talked about how Gary started the franchise yep. and what the company does, but as far as a, a, a potential franchisee, like you know, what would they be getting into? I mean, what's the system all about? So the uh, I, I've had the the benefit of being uh, the uh, prototype franchise, so I get called uh, just about every time a new franchisee considers six discipline, and uh, they want to talk to me. They want to understand uh, what processes I've put in place uh, from a marketing perspective, in particular, since. Obviously, generating those leads is a critical aspect. And then what, what kind of people have I hired and uh, you know, what's it take cash-wise to, to, to get this thing going? So um, th- those kinds of elements are obviously the top-of-mind elements for any new franchisee. And from a Six Disciplines corporate perspective, uh, tremendous support in terms of helping a new franchisee get up and going. And it's... Uh, it's one learning the system. You know what what is six disciplines? How does it work? And then how do you convey that to a prospective client? And then uh, there are some very very specific processes that have been built by the corporate organization on implementation. So steps to take the client through from the get go, from the point they sign the contract to getting them into the uh, leadership center, so that we can actually perform the uh, Leadership Retreat, which is a, a three-day event where we're digging into the organization, understanding where they want to go and how they're going to get the, that work done and the facilitation behind it. Uh, the use of the tools that I mentioned earlier, how do we use those tools and implement those tools. So the, those pieces are very well defined, very well scripted out as to what the expectation is. And uh, Gary plays a very active role in the training of those coaches or facilitators Uh, One of the things that Gary wants to make sure is that we're not out there as franchisees uh, modifying the process. It's not to say that Gary doesn't and the team doesn't listen to feedback because they certainly do, but what they really want to make sure that they have in their hands is, okay, Mr. Ms. Franchisee, this is how you're going to communicate these pieces. This is what needs to happen. We're not going to skip these steps just because you don't like them. Uh, There's there's process. There's intent. It's baking the cake. So if you expect the cake to turn out the same way, there follow the steps. And uh, one of the things that I, I did mention just a moment ago is the willingness for the corporate organization to listen. Uh, they aren't uh, operating in, a, in an ivory tower and saying, well, this is the only way this possibly could work. Uh, 
what they've learned from us as franchisees is you know, this stuff is challenging to deliver in this fashion or uh, this is the reality of the, the mix of personnel that are in a client retreat or uh, the, the needs of a given organization or individual may look like X versus the Y that you gave me. So there, we've made... Uh, We've had an opportunity to have a real impact on the the, uh, the direction and content of, of the franchise opportunity and material. That's interesting. Do you find that all these services you're providing, Eric, I mean, it gives people back their, I guess you could say their passion uh, for their jobs, uh, you know, one of the end results of your services? Uh, of the of the businesses that we work with, yeah, of the services of the services that you guys provide to the businesses you work with, do you find that you know after um, uh, you, you guys start working with them, they're more passionate about their job? I was thinking we had Michael Gerber on our show a couple weeks ago, you know, and I was thinking about this whole dreaming thing and more mm-hmm. enthusiasm for their jobs and uh, making a difference, you know, willingness that, to be able to contribute, you know, something oh. meaningful, so you can say. Yeah. So let, let me give you a, a, a generalization, and then let me give you a, a, a real specific story. The generalization is that uh, the look in the eye of the CEO uh, after they've either first completed the retreat process and or now are up and running and have been for a quarter or two or three or four is, this stuff works. This is amazing. I never thought we could be here. And so that is just a huge reward as a as an individual like myself who looks at that and says, wow, this stuff is really great. It really does work, and these guys are really happy. Right. So that that's the generalization, and that that's uh, certainly something that is is very rewarding, right. I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Specifically, and, I, and I'll use this gentleman's name because I know he'll allow me to do so. Um, we have a client, a gentleman by the name of Paul Kramer. He uh, actually wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal about his organization back in October and six disciplines about succession planning. And uh, what what he was faced with was he's the second generation. He started to bring his kids into the business, and he was at a kind of a point in his career where he was bored with the business. He didn't feel engaged with it, and he was at a point where either I get this thing really going well or I sell it. And I got to get it going well because I've got these kids coming into it. So I uh, got in touch with Paul. He's a local business, and what his business is is actually three different types of elements. Uh, he's an industrial launderer, so he does uniforms and rugs and those kinds of things that uh, are utilized in an industrial setting. He has two retail dry cleaning locations, and he has a business promotions uh, business, uh, you know, shirts and mugs and pens and those sorts of items as well. So he, uh, we got in touch, and he said, "Yeah, you know, this is where I think I want to lead the business, and I'm not really sure. And you know, if anything, I think it would be really valuable if I could have a, a formula, a process that my kids could follow, so that if indeed my kids take over this business, they know how to do this, so that there's really truly that recipe for them to follow." Well, we got engaged with Paul's organization, and what has happened in a year is a significant transformation in his business. So for one, he is just really excited about where his business is going. He tells me at least once a month how excited he is about where the business is and how excited he is about being in the business. And he specifically points to six disciplines and says, you guys have helped me do this. You have re-energized me. You have recommitted me to this business. And so... There's a real testimonial from a real person who says, yeah, this stuff has changed the way we're we're doing things. 
and uh, it does. It makes a difference. He, he'll he'll tell you that uh, uh, one of the things that we helped him do was uh, part of the upfront process of uh, starting a relationship with us and occurs annually as well, is we survey team members, we survey customers, we survey vendors. Well, the team member survey that we did uh, showed some pretty significant weakness in his organization, uh, especially with the respect with respect to the leadership team, so employees' view of the leadership team. But it was a shock to Paul. He, he thought he was doing a good job, and he thought that he was doing things well. Right. And when he saw the results of his couple hundred uh, folks or hundred 50 folks, uh, he was, I had to talk him off the ledge. So <laughs> we, what we, one of the things we did was we put, him, put in place some strategic action to improve communication throughout the business. Right. So what Paul does now is on a quarterly basis, he holds a town hall meeting. So he holds multiple meetings because he's got multiple shift uh, organization and multiple locations. So he holds multiple town hall meetings once a quarter. He shares with them Here's where we are. This is what we said we were going to do this year. Here's how we're performing against it. And here's where we're going next quarter. Also in that meeting, he holds a, a segment that he calls Ask Paul. So in all his plants and all his locations, he installed an Ask Paul suggestion box. And in that suggestion box go comments. And in those meetings, he answers every single one of those questions that are in that box. So then we re-evaluated a year later. And guess what? His numbers jumped dramatically positive. And so once again, what, what we're proving here is that uh, the process works. We have fixed an issue that existed in his business. He has, uh, he's had some appropriate uh, attrition, and that meaning that he's had some folks that he's uh, moved to a higher level of accountability who said, I don't think I want to be held accountable. I think I'll leave, which was good. And he's retained his better employees, and he's got a happier workforce. So that's a result of the relationship with Six Disciplines. It's a great story. It's a win-win all around with re-energizing him, like you said, and and uh, increased profits for the company. And then I'm sure his kids, if they do take over the business, uh, they'll now have that system. So. Right. But what's interesting, uh, his, uh, his his daughter who's in the business, she's become a tremendous advocate for us, and uh, she belongs to a uh, a group through the University of Toledo. It's uh, part of the Center for Family Business at the University of Toledo, and uh, she is a, a very outspoken outspoken. Uh, cheerleader for us with respect to Six Disciplines and her fellow colleagues who are family business owners as well. So, again, it's, uh, this is unsolicited. You know, These folks go, this stuff is really working for us. You should check it out. And like we talked about before, you know, word of mouth spreads on that, and that's how, that's how Six Disciplines will be expanding, of course. And that story you just told, uh, Eric, I mean, that must be very rewarding for you as well. I can't imagine what that feels like, you know, to have that impact, you know, on, on their business. Uh, it, it's it's really fun. I, I've told Gary this a dozen times. I'm having the most fun I've ever had. Uh, yeah, you know, being a, a business owner has its challenges. Uh, you know, there's things that wake me up in the middle of the night uh, regularly. Right. <laughs> but but this is it's really fun. It's uh, it's so exciting to take advantage of all the things that I've learned over my my last 20 years in business and put them to work for somebody else and share with them and you build this trusted advisor relationship with these folks. Uh, it's not unusual for me to get a call on a, a Saturday morning from one of my colleagues who says, hey, I'm at such and such uh, having coffee. Can you come and sit down with me? And, you know, if I'm not doing anything, I'd be happy to do that. Right. Uh, so it's, you know, it's this trust, rela- trust relationship, which is uh, it's very exciting. Fantastic.
fantastic. We have about 60 seconds, Eric. What's the best way for someone to get more information on your services or uh, the Six Disciplines franchise opportunity? Well, if they just go to uh, sixdisciplines.com, six is spelled out, S-I-X, sixdisciplines.com, you can find uh, all the information. You can uh, travel to uh, the Northwest Ohio segment of the website and see uh, testimonials and uh, video testimonials of some of our clients, uh, and or you can gain uh, franchise information from that same website. That's fantastic. I want to thank you again, Eric. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest, and I think you guys have uh, an incredible and unique. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. And as the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. 